the second quarter. What's the champ got? He bends it. He bends it. He bends it through. West Coast hit the front. Welcome to Little Birdie Podcast, a unique look into the world of sports betting from the eyes of professionals. I'm your host, Scoot, and I'm joined by the kid, MG. Mark, Google, how are you, bud? Good, Scoot. Good. It's been a big week. Massive week of sport uh, in Australia and Europe. Yeah. I got Rafa beat. I put him in a multi. <laughs> Ace, he, uh, he was into me, and I got him beat. I, it, was, it was an easy uh, $200 multi, and just bang, over he goes. And in the same multi, I had uh, Sydney Swans at... Uh, $1.16, so I've against got your, two, your team. two morals completely rolled. Against your team, the Hawks. You were on them two weeks preview at the big price. You've dropped off and they've uh, got the chocolates for you. So I'm a gun for hire. So any bookies <laughs> out there listening, if uh, if you need something beat, I'm your man. Oh, no. I'll get it done. And yeah. uh, it, even the Tigers. <laughs> I got the Tigers beat. I, I pressed yeah. heavily Richmond. Yeah. And uh, you went come so- on second best and... It was a real weird one because 10 minutes to go, they were 22 points in front. They traded something like $1.4, $1.1 in places, and I had the missus on the couch next to me after dinner at Donovan's, and the <laughs> night just got more expensive. And she was like, I don't know how you do it. I don't know how you ride all the all the ways. Yeah, and I didn't yeah. trade out, so I was kicking myself. Yeah, it's a uh, the life of a punter really, isn't it? It's crazy. You don't understand it until you're in it like most things. Yeah. <laughs> uh, and uh, yeah, if we uh, if we had full time footage of us walking around the office sometimes, especially riding some of these basketball games in the playoffs, uh, we'd be putting a loony bin. I think padded cells. You seem to enjoy the sickness of it all. <laughs> Utah Jazz, they needed two points in the last oh. minute, and they just both ran down the clock. But we've seen it all week, haven't we? Homicide Williams has been here watching a few games, and you just keep barreling into the totals. You're fearless. You're you're absolutely sick for it. Yeah, well, I've got to entertain myself during the day. <laughs> uh, you know, you you make me work so hard. I've got to uh, have an outlet. But um, yeah, unfortunately, copped a real sick beat yesterday. I don't know if anyone was uh, was partaking in the uh, the jazz game, but uh, yeah, the total was uh, what was two twenty three and a half. Only need two points in the last minute and uh, couldn't find a basket. Couldn't find a foul, anything. But anyway, uh, you can't win them all for the week. We had a decent week over the weekend. A few tough beats, uh, as you said in the AFL. There was. Uh, there was a, there was three really. Mm. Um, the kangaroos were the up. Draw, crazy. Kangaroos were up five goals and uh, and gave up the draw. Um, the Ad- Adelaide, Adelaide and secured. I was actually on the yeah. draw as a better result, and I backed the crows in run. I think I took about I took five bucks and I had a chirpy mate bet me six dollars ten yeah. when there was six dollars out in the market. <laughs> so it was like deja vu from the Essendon West yes. Coast game. So I taught him a little bit of a lesson. But I actually needed the draw, and then I've woken up. Well, the next day I've had nothing uh, invested in the GWS game, and the draw pops the next the next day. Yeah, just a half a yard off. Yeah, like a slow power <laughs> forward at the moment can't get to the ring. Oh. Yeah, no, it was crazy. Listen for live betting. If you uh, if you don't experience live betting or you haven't partaken before, it uh, it just adds a bit so of, many opportunities. Adds a bit more entertainment, and especially with the comebacks we've seen in the AFL this year, it's been um, yeah. If you're an outside punter, if you're back against the uh, the groove and uh, against the favourites or lay the favourites. Um, I'm tipping you're in front. You've had a pretty good year so far. Yeah, it's been a massive week in football. And last week when we recorded the show, we did a poll and said who's going to go first, Teague or Buckley. And as the show was recording, uh, Buckley uh, was was oh well, he resigned, but he's pushed. And I guess my the mail since then is the apparently the players had had enough. And maybe it was brewing for two or three yeah. weeks prior to that, and the players uh, decided to, that he wasn't the man to take him forward, and that they'd lost 
the players Buckley had. Yeah. And it's an interesting one because then all of a sudden he's won two games with that same group. So it's a hard one to get your head around, isn't it? Because how many coaches would have lost or won two games and then lost their job? Yeah, I think, uh, you know, not 100%, but reading between the lines, uh, a fair guesstimate would be that I think it was planned going into the bye week as well. So you don't know how far this decision was made. Mm. Uh, and I think because their season had already gone and stuff, it could have been made two to four weeks ago as well. So very unusual that a coach uh, walks out walks out after nine years after back-to-back wins, uh, especially when you knock off the, uh, the top of the ladder side. But... Um, you know, I think this was more predetermined. I think there was a mail floating around from some sources that it, it was coming. Um, you put the Twitter poll up and uh, and, you, and you crushed one coach. So you, you were asked whether you were going to put another Twitter poll up this week, <laughs> but you said uh, two jobs in two weeks is enough for me. So decline. So, yeah, I think it's the first uh, – it, it'll probably be the first brick in a few, I would have thought. Um, generally the patterns of, of AFL, if you go back over the decades, once one falls – um, Multiple. They, yeah, they seem to uh, adjust. The clubs have a bit more harder look at what's around. Um, so, yeah, I'm tipping there's four or five clubs at the moment that are uh, just got the gun on the holster, uh, the hand on the holster, I think. And, um, yeah, I don't know. Like, I, I think uh, St Kilda's got to be a real worry, I think, with uh, with Rat and just the way they're going. If Buckley uh, has reportedly lost his players, uh, St Kilda don't look like they're they're putting in for their coach or their club at the moment, so they might be one. And your old mate Teague, the Teague train at Carlton, uh, he'd probably want to start getting some wins on the board in the back end of the season. Mm, it sounds like Stewie do will coach next year at the Gold Coast, and Clarkson keeps denying that he's going anywhere. So it's interesting to see that Ross Lyons still, I think, about the two dollar favourite, even money. Uh, to coach Collingwood, maybe he's just fishing for more cash, but I think he's done pretty well in some property development, so I don't think there's much incentive unless they throw the kitchen sink at Ross Lyon. But yeah. fascinating space. Let's have a look at uh, round 13. It was an absolute graveyard for punters, but we've uh, we've got the bookie wrap up on the screen now. Favourites went one from seven at 14%. The line at one from seven, and the total went three out of seven. And then looking at the season, 68% of favourites have covered... Uh, of one there, and then 53 out of 112 have covered the line, and then it's uh, at 53% on the over and under. So, yeah, we we contemplated getting Tristan on the show. We might get him on tomorrow's show, Bet Doctor. There's some interesting stuff happening in racing in NBL uh, rules, yeah. minimum bet laws, and things like that. But uh, yeah, the bookies are filling. Oh, they've had a fill up finally. Yeah, he um, said he couldn't get reception from um, from his boat. Apparently, <laughs> uh, they had a massive weekend. We've been talking to it for about uh, a month now. Where, especially in the AFL side, the uh, the favourites are running very much true. So I think there was four weeks in a row, seven out of nine favourites, and it was kind of like um, the punters maybe just edging, the bookies just edging. But this week was a complete fill up for the bookies um, in the AFL, as you said, one out of seven, and uh, two big upsets in the NRL as well with uh, with the Sharks and the Bulldogs winning at big prices as well. They just had a complete fill. Multi punters have been. Uh, seeing the bank major, I think, for this week if they want to go again. Mm. Yeah, Melbourne was the really big upset with Collingwood. They just didn't turn up the Ds. Yeah. Just limping to the bye, you think? Um, yeah, well, listen, they were disappointing. They were actually, uh, you know. They were awful for a premiership favourite. They were awful, yeah. They didn't, they didn't uh, where they didn't show up mentally, as we kind of hinted the week before that they, you know, their only concern I thought in the game was not so much the uh, Buckley uh, send-off, was the coming off two weeks in a row where they were up against the 
the uh, the top two sides we say dusted. Um, it's amazing how many sides just that couple of percent off at whatever you want to measure it, whether it's one uh, percent or five percent off, and you can get dusted. They got bought down to Collingwood's level, um, and you always had the feel when you were watching the game, just from a winning point of view, that you thought that. Melbourne just find that gear to get over the line. Um, they kind of had uh, their chances in the third quarter. I thought they were up and about, and they just had a, a little tough decision with May um, getting clear both hands on the ball. Mm. Cameron had the double grab after him and then paid that, and it kind of just halted their momentum when I think it was about a goal of difference. So, but anyway, Collingwood held held fat in the last quarter. Melbourne definitely had their chances. Very disappointing whether it um, comes back to hurt them later on in the year in terms of having top spot. Um, or just a mental scar going forward, it's uh, yet to be determined. But, um, yeah, they wouldn't enjoy the buy as much as those they would have had with the win. Mm, it's fascinating. And I was trying to look for a pattern to see, just going into this week, to see if there was any edge coming off the buy. But it's sort of around 50-50 at those. Yeah. But let's have a look at the hits and misses from round 13. Port Geelong, the under was a miss. It went uh, 158 to 150. And then Sydney Hawthorne, the total moved there, 162 to 157. That was a hit. Gold Coast were absolutely off the map, 13 and a half to pick, and that was a miss. That had the freshen up, so it didn't suit those guys. Freo were too good. Off that wet deck versus the Bulldogs, so that was interesting. St Kilda, Adelaide, the under, 169 to 159 was a hit. And then the Kangas, GWS, uh 159 to 163. So the totals, uh, as you played them, uh, you also had a good result there. But, yeah, definitely some uh, funny results last week. It'll be interesting to see. It's a uh, it's a tricky game or tricky round of AFL this week. Uh, some funny weather. Uh, there's been a lot of talk about players opting out of uh, matches, uh, a lot of heat on the Saints, guys. I think it's pretty unwarranted and unfounded. I, I can't believe Caroline yeah. Wilson can get on a high horse there. Like it's it's a different kettle of fish down in Melbourne, and the rest of the I guess the AL, the Australian landscape don't understand. I guess the mental anguish that's happening to a lot of people. People are losing their minds in Victoria, and anyone that wants to pull out of a game at this stage to sort their life out at home, I think they just need to give get a full green pass there. And anyone that comments on it should hang their head in shame. I think it's absolutely yeah. disgraceful from her. But yeah. um, I'm not surprised. That's her MO. Yeah. There's plenty to talk about in footy at the moment. There's a lot going um, right and wrong with the game and also the landscape with COVID. And I'm surprised um, Carolyn Wilson, you know, actually – wants to talk about stories like that. Disgusting. You know, it's, I, I just think it's uh, it's not necessary. It didn't need to be brought up. Um, and I'm sure she doesn't know the ins and outs. Unless you live with people or you're living in their shoes, um, you can't be guaranteed. And to come out and call out a couple of people who uh, have got one on the way and have just got twins, um, you know, I, th- I think it's just poor call. It didn't, it didn't need to be made. And I'm surprised they actually let it go to air, to be fair, because, um, you know, the response has been a bit savage. Um, from many, and I'm not sure why she would have done it and what other results she would have expected from it. So, yeah, very disappointing. Um, I, I just think you've got to leave the personal lives out of the footballs as much as possible. Mm. It, uh, it brings us on to our uh, sting in the tail, and uh, it's, it's the COVID crisis that we're in. Well, are we in a COVID crisis? There's <laughs> 50 cases uh, at the moment in Victoria, and we still can't get any crowds like, to the football. It's just absolutely disgraceful. I'm an MCC member, and I don't care that, I, yeah. like, that I'm just handing over cash and can't go, and if it's for the betterment of everyone, no worries. But... For a game like Geelong and Western Bulldogs to have no crowd where there's no COVID, 100 k's away, it's just absolutely ridiculous. And when are we going to snap ourselves out of it? Like The you clubs are being decimated with support staff. It just can't roll on forever, this shit. Yeah, I know. Yeah, I mean, we're, you know, we're obviously a sports show. We're talking about the AFL, so I know there's a lot of things going on in life as well. But, 
you know, this is a big part of uh, a lot of people's life and when they want to, you know, tap into the, uh, the I guess, the ethos of mental health and, and getting people out of their houses and getting back to normality, sport plays a big part of it. Um, and it's not just about football and I know there's bigger things at play all the time, but, you know, not to be able to have a crowd in Geelong where COVID's been non-existent uh, is uh, a bit strange, I would have thought. Um, but, I mean, the governance of the AFL at the moment, I mean, obviously they're... Um, you know, very much guided by the government and that, that therein lies the issues mm. because the AFL would definitely want crowds back because uh, the amount of money they're leaking in the clubs would be horrendous on a weekly basis. I'm um, sure they're championing the cause, um, but the government, listen, they, don't, they haven't known their left and right hand for, what, the 18 months that we've been going on. They still can't get it right. Um, they are a rabble. Yeah. So the only way to move forward, I think, in this case is uh, – Probably a, a quick election, I think. You know, I'm, I'm not politically minded. I don't think you are as well. It's more the, the concept of what, you know, is going on and hurting people at large. Um, and football is a small part of it. We want back to normality. I'd love to go back to the races as well. You know, we can't even get essential staff on for our business onto the races, which um, obviously hurts us. So we're, we're affected as well. But, you know, we're keen golfers. We haven't been able to get on the golf course. Now, if you can't play golf where you're not amongst anyone, um, you know, or surfing, you know, like go down the beach, all yeah, this kind crazy. of stuff. A lot of it doesn't make sense. Yeah. Um, so, yeah, the crowds at the football, I think it's very disappointing Geelong this week. Um, but they can't see a good game as well. It's uh, absolutely mental that the Geelong players had to spend five and six hours at the cricket nets and sleep under a table before their Adelaide game after getting a private charter plane. Like, abs- it's just ridiculous. How hard is it to organise? Oh, God, like, it just doesn't make any sense. And now, something else that uh, is a big topic at the moment is all this talk about uh, McKay Will or Mackay or McCarkey Will. McKay, McKay. McKay up in uh, Adelaide and the, and the Saints hit and the collision. It's sort of been done to death through AFL Media, but we'll, we'll skim through it quickly. It's been a funny one with Robbo on uh, 360, and you made me watch it again. You know I hate the show, but Robbo's gone from one night saying, oh, yeah, you know, it's it's got to be outlawed, outlawed. And then Trelaw come on last night and basically said that, you know, it's drilled and it's instilled into young players, which it was for me and probably you when you played, yeah. that you have to protect yourself or you're going to come off second best. These accidents happen, and we spoke about yesterday in the office. Like Heard accidentally fell into McVeigh's yeah. knee in 2002, and the fracture was shocking, and these collisions yeah. by accident are going to happen. But Dugowie's come out, ran off the ball, and hip had shouldered someone, and is only going to get a week. Where McKay's looking down the barrel of three weeks for going for the ball. Yeah, it's just madness. Yeah, I, I just don't think you can be, um, you know, to the expectations of your team to be uh, hard to the ball, hard at the contest, and then get penalised for it when you do that. You know, I mean, what kind of a sport and a game and the rules to protect that? Um, you know, it's a, it's the fabric of the game. People go to the game to see big marks, big marks, great goals, and hard contests. Okay, uh, it's their choice to go and see Aussie rules, and it's the same as the players to play it. And the governance of the game should uh, encompass that. You know, if we want to go see, and no disrespect, if we want to go see a more non-contact sports like the soccer's, like netballs and stuff like that, then the crowds, that's their choice to do, and the players will go and do that. Now. You know, I just think the outcome, um, you know, players have been been getting injured for, what are we, 150, 160 mm. years, um, you know, and I think the percentages are on the low side. So, again, it's a bit, a bit like when we talk about COVID, you know, you've got to play the percentages in life. Um, I just think if this sport becomes touch footy, 
Um, they yeah, da- look, the drop-off's going to be stark. They damage the product and it's not Aussie rules. Mm. Yeah, so I think, um, you know, they're, they're going down a road that they can always turn back. The AFL turn back all the time. You know, the man on the mark can't move. Now he dances around. The umpires just ignore it, basically. Yeah. So that rule's obviously gone out the window. Didn't increase scoring. You know, so they'll come up with some strange rules next year as well to try and increase the scoring. Maybe they should just tell the coaches to play like a normal game. You know, we've seen some 200 points. But on this, I just think that... Um, you know, and it shows in the media, you know, the amount of shows that we watch and the differences of opinion shows how divided it is. And I just find it strange in, in a game where you've got rules that there can be so uh, so much of a variance in how people read the rules, mm. and especially the, uh, the tribunal. They're a mess. One of the fastest growing sports the last couple of years has been MMA. It's just gone straight past boxing. And we'll talk about briefly, not that we know much about it, but uh, Honey versus Gallon late, later, uh, well, it's tonight, the big fight there, but... I just don't understand. Like, there's going to be contact sports and brutal sports, and people pay big money to watch yeah. these MMA fighters. Yeah, and it's their choice to play it. Yeah. At the end of the day, I mean, we we went this uh, a couple of weeks ago with the tennis with Naomi Osaka. You know, if you don't want to be there, you don't have to. One hundred percent. You know, I I don't see any anyone locking you in, no gun to the head or anything like that. You know, unfortunately, some players are more prone to concussions, mm. and that is unlucky for that individual. So don't um, play. 100%. And so the measures should be put in place to protect the players. That's not what we're talking about. But the contest, you know, and how many contests do we see in that in a game of football that happen? With the, it's just the fact that someone gets injured. Um, you know, what if, it, you know, I, I love the point of a few other uh, media outlets, or media people that they've made, is what happened in that contest if Mackay was the one that actually got the broken jaw mm. and not Clark? What happens then? Yeah. So then does Clark get the suspension? Yeah, it's ridiculous. Just because Mackay runs in and Picked he... Picked in a circumstance. Yeah. So, you know, I, I find it really strange. I can't, I can't cop it, mm. really. Well, I think that, uh, that'll we'll, we'll move along. We're going to uh, preview some of uh, round 14. We'll have a look at round 15, a bit of the Hall of Fame stuff with Nick Tedeschi. We'll talk about Origin. It looks like New South Wales are now very much suited by uh, the changes of pace in that game. i tell you what, lock of the week. MJ, I want to sack it. You want to keep running with it. But uh, zero and three. We're all back down to $200 for charity there, which is absolutely sickening. There's been some big bets in the honey and gallon fight tonight, right. so we'll check in uh, with the Top Sport big bets there. But uh, if you're having a bet this weekend, make sure you check out topsport.com.au. They've been in the game for 35 years, the Merlehan family. They're the fairest bookmaker and the biggest betting bookmaker, so make sure you check them out. We'll uh, take a break, and then we'll have a look at round 14 next. Welcome back to Little Birdie Podcast. I'm your host, Scoot, and I'm here with the kid, MG, Mark Goodwill, and it's time to talk AFL Round 14. The blockbuster this weekend is Geelong versus the Western Bulldogs down at an empty cattery. Been all uh, Geelong's way at the moment, $1.70 into $1.60. The Western Bulldogs out to $2.35. The line, 7.5, a little nibble for the minus there, one eighty-five at Top Sport. Bit of weather around, MG, on this one, and uh, you've got the Bulldogs off the bye and the yep. Cats off a, uh, a nice little win over at Port off yeah. that interrupted preparation where players were seen sleeping under tables <laughs> and building a little bit of resilience, I, I'd imagine. Yeah. Yeah, they'll be right. They're back home now <laughs> in the Cattery. That won't bother them. It was a, it was a great win by Geelong uh, to go through those circumstances. As you said, get the win. 
um, against Port on their home deck. It was a big win. Um, so now they come home. Sure, they're not going to have the crowd down there by the looks of it, but, uh, geez, they're a hard team to beat down at the Cattery, as you know. Um, and against the Bulldogs, it's no different. They've actually won their nine straight against the Bulldogs. I know you don't like these kind of stats, but uh, it's a pretty dominant venue, and just mental edge goes to Geelong on this one. Um, interesting stat at the moment for round 13, the Bulldogs actually own the best offense and best defense in the comp, oh. which is a bit unusual. That said, going up against Geelong, who's got the best second best defense. So, you know, stat-wise, you could say it was going to be a defensive game. Throw in the weather at night. Um, I'm expecting not many points here. Uh, probably sub-150 sub for mine, I think, just with the uh, the dew might set in as well. So this will be interesting. Unfortunately, I'd like to see this game on the dome just to, uh, <laughs> as a contest uh, on a fast deck, you know, suit both. But I just think, and obviously, as you just stated before, they went up five, now into seven. Uh, I just think the way you, the way you uh, do this rating the stats, I just don't think they want to pose Geelong at home. So um, I think the price is about right. There's no play for me in this game. Um, I'm looking forward to watching it, but it's, it'd be a massive win for the Bulldogs to go down there and beat them. So it's only the D's and the Tigers that have uh, beaten Western Bulldogs. And I'd argue that they've only really had two really bad quarters in those yeah. matches, probably two halves of football for the whole year. So they've been yeah. super consistent, the Bulldogs. Their yeah. midfield's going to run deep. Uh, well, have they got a speed edge over the cats? Yes, yes they've got a sp- yeah, one hundred percent. They've got a speed edge. Now, a few factors that will take that away. Uh, Geelong's a very narrow game, a very narrow ground, so it's very hard to spread wide and get that get that speed through the ground. So that will disadvantage the Bulldogs. Uh, obviously, home ground, Geelong at night, low scoring. Mm. None of those factors suit the Bulldogs. So, um, if you want to back the Bulldogs this week, I Wait. would be patient. Uh, I don't think it'll turn around with uh, the not many injuries floating around in this game. And, uh, yeah, if you like Geelong, I'd probably bet earlier and Bulldogs probably wait. Mm. The next match that we're going to have a look at is GWS versus Carlton. i tell you what, you're a sucker for punishment. This is uh, 7.25 at Giants Stadium up in New South Wales, $1.65 the Giants, Carlton 2.30 and the line 7.5. You just can't help yourself with the Giants, can you? You yeah, back well, the minus last week, egg on face. Yeah, they're just a yo-yo side. I hate betting them. Yeah, yeah, you, <laughs> you, yeah, you're a bit of a fan of Carlton, so um, I backed them once. Yeah, you backed them once. I like opposing after opposing them eight or nine times. Listen, it's yeah. Listen, I did put a line through <laughs> the Giants after the weekend, and I did say never again. And then you start your ratings for the next <laughs> round, and you come up and you see them playing Carlton, and it's like you know. I know the market loves Carlton. They have not readjusted with the modelling, which has a big impact on the way the betting goes. Mm. Um, And I do like the Giants at the minus 7.5. That being said, um, you know, it's probably a game that you can stay patient with because Carlton have only been bet against in terms of the line moving twice this year. Um, and I do expect for some reason that they, uh, the models will have the power again and maybe this line's going to drop another point or two. But GWS at home uh, against Carlton, who I just love opposing, I'm going to keep opposing until they uh, start costing me money. So, um, yeah, I like the Giants in this game. Mm. It's, uh, it's a funny one. There's, there's a couple of interesting matches well, and some big questions around some of these big favourites. you got Port Adelaide, a 17.5-point favourite, and then the Brisbane Lions, 33.5-point favourite against the Kangas. I think one of my best of the rounds is going to be Brisbane Lions at the minus. Jeez, you're not normally a big minus man, are you? 
or well, fresh Brisbane Ish. against yeah. Kangas off the grand final. But the game is Tassie, which yeah. is a little bit of an egg. And there's weather in Hobart as well. But Brisbane no, are a side I, that can cover this in yeah, in a quarter. It'll be cold down in Tassie. Um, weather in terms of rain uh, and wind is actually pretty good. Um, Brisbane going down to a 12 degrees Hobart uh, is not going to uh, fed well for him. Might be a few long sleeve uh, jumpers worn by Brad the Brisbane Hardy, Lions. Yeah. The Bears. Uh, yeah, I, listen, it it looks dangerous. Uh, it looks a good line to bet maybe the Brisbane, but I can't come into him. I, I think it's I think it's a couple of points too high. And just being down Tassie, I'm going to pass on that game. But you know, I I, I like that you're on the Brisbane uh, bandwagon because uh, I still think they're. All things being equal, I still think Brisbane are the team to beat this year. Mm. My two best uh, line bets last week were Richmond at the minus and Melbourne at the minus. So if you're listening at home, big uh, big asterisks around my tips and uh, marks, the expert in here, and definitely not me. Oh, here we go. We're going to preview the Hawthorne game finally. This is another one Sunday afternoon at Launceston. Interesting market move here. There's been a little bit of money for the Hawks at the plus. Can't believe it. 11.5 to 10.5. And the Bombers here are 155 favourite, and the Hawks are $2.50. This is down at the University of Tasmania Stadium at Launceston. I'm disappointed. I won't be able to go to the game with all my Bomber mates, but um, I can't believe Hawthorne are in this contest. I, I couldn't have yeah. them last week against the Swans. Fantastic game. Newcomb, uh, a little bull. His highlights on YouTube, what we saw there, continued on to the match against yeah. the Swans. I think the Swans just had an off day. Hawthorne were very good, though, but I don't think we can do it twice. Uh, they were really good, yeah. And Essendon should have beat us in round one, I think it was, or yeah. early in the season, yeah, and yeah. I think we were lucky to get away with that one. And I think th- 39 Essendon, points. Essendon are a much better side than when yeah. we faced them early in the year, in my opinion. Yep. Yeah. Um, yeah, this game only made it into the previews by default because we've only got five games this week. And uh, you, you want know, to rev me up? Got to pre. Yeah, that's an added value. <laughs> um, uh, I do like talking about Hawthorne when Scooty's uh, left and right on them as well. Uh, just keeps missing them. So this game, uh, two opposite ends of the form for sure. You know, Essendon uh, are playing pretty good football. They're definitely on the upward curve at the moment. They've won three out of their last four. Hawthorne uh, had lost four in a row coming into Sydney. Um, bit of an unexplainable game that, how Hawthorne could go out and crush Sydney at home. Really disappointing loss for the Swans, which might cost them uh, going forward at the end of the year. Just be a bit wary launching into Essendon here, Scoot. I know you know that uh, you're a punter before the heart first, so it'd be interesting to see if you go... Uh, you I've already put, taken Essendon minus. You can pull the trigger. Well, I've already might, taken 10 off. You might have to go again because I just <laughs> think, uh, again, like we speak about the Giants-Carlton, I just think from a betting point of view here... Um, Hawthorne being in Tasmania, uh, I think the money will keep sliding Hawthorne's way. So if you like Hawthorne, I would suggest maybe uh, betting them or putting in your multis early. If you like Essendon, I'd be more patient. It's the last game of the week. Uh, I think you'll see a better price than 10. Uh, so Scooty might have to double up again, but it is the last game, so he'll be doubling up anyway when he's got plenty of bullets. <laughs> but um, I, I like Essendon in this game. I, I do think from a rating point of view, they are a better side. They've got uh, more points in them. And as Scooty just said before, whether Hawthorne can back it up or not. And I just think Essendon will be ready to go for this match. They, they were fierce rivals, definitely, uh, certainly during the 80s um, and all their games going forward. They, they have spied in They it. will be burning um, that they gave up a 39-point lead to go down to Hawthorne round one. Got long memories football, especially in the same year. 
um, they won't be letting this game go again. So I think just uh, I think Essendon's a play, but I think wait. Mm. Okay, so uh, definitely backing Geelong early. You're stuck with the Giants, and then uh, you want to back Essendon late for uh, Mark Summary. If you want to check out more of Mark's stuff, make sure you head to Little Birdie Shop. AFL Stings for about 140 bucks. You can jump on board for the rest of the season. He tips in all matches on his tip sheet, uh, and he's even got uh, he, he pulls all these like goal kickers, and he's got all these stats. So make sure you check him out. It's about three or four pages each round of his analysis. So definitely check that one out. Let's have a look at uh, the AFL futures, which is a big sweet spot of Mark's, and let's have a look at the Premiership betting after the. D's loss, but they're still favourites. We're a little bit disappointed in this market uh, and the top sport boys. They just it looks like they're just cut and paste the odds every week. There's not much uh, movement. D's are five dollars. Brisbane Lions five fifty. The Cats are back into five dollars fifty. Western Bulldogs five fifty. Richmond six dollars. I'm getting bored reading them. Eight fifty. The Port Adelaide Power. West Coast Eagles fifteen dollars and the Swans thirty four dollars. Not much change there. They're basically saying that whoever turns up on the day, um, throw the balls up in the air, and that's going to be your premiership winner. Well, I just think, uh, I just think with the market, um, you know, Mel- Melbourne, I just think it's a trust factor more than anything. They've got a nice little lead on top at the moment. Uh, obviously, for top four teams, it makes a big deal of difference. The thing that you've got with the X factor in this thing is just with the COVID landscape, um, like last year, we don't know where the, the finals or even the grand final may or may not be played. And if it ends up in a um, place like Brisbane or more likely Perth um, and West Coast slot in or something like that or Brisbane, you know, then obviously it goes, there, there can be advantage or even Port Adela- Adelaide and Adelaide. Mm. So it's a bit hard to invest with confidence at the moment. Um, you know, if I was starting a fresh book, uh, I'm still more than happy on the Brisbane ticket. Um, you know, I wouldn't be dropping off the Bulldogs. Um, if you liked Geelong, obviously that's a big outcome game this week with those two playing each other. I just think Brisbane are tracking. I really like their draw on the back end. Um, I think they'll they'll probably win at least another eight, which will put them to 16. Um, you know, if, I, if I'm picking one in the ruck right at the top, I'm still sticking with Brisbane. If you haven't invested, that would be the way to go. And I think I think the value team's still West Coast now. I know they still can't play away from home, and that's a that's a big issue. Um, but just to see them play on the weekend to come back against Richmond, I know being at home, that was one hell of a win. Um, and to think they did that without these four players com- prime movers. coming back, they've both got Shuey and Kelly to come back in the next couple of weeks. Um, McGovern's their All-Australian centre-half uh, back uh, to come back in. You know, this side could make a run on the back half. If like they this- get COVID. There's an asterisk. They need the game to – they need the finals and then they need the grand final at Optus, up to Stadium. They cannot possibly win it in Melbourne. They are gutless no, on the yeah, road. That's true. Pathetic that, that's on the road. And, that, and that's part of the reason why they are $15. But I'm just talking from a value point of view um, for a team that – There's a little edge there. Will pretty much make the finals. Um, and if there's a question mark over Richmond, there's a question mark over Melbourne. And you've been potting Geelong since day one. I've been potting Richmond then, since day one. Then start – the last you know, six weeks. Well, you can cut the fat away all of a sudden. Mm. So, you know, you've got to pick – there's got to be a team that win it. Um so I, I just think West Coast maybe, you know, just if you're betting this week and you haven't got something in the book, I'd be betting something like three units Brisbane, one unit West Coast uh, and start developing your book around there. Mm. All right, so Mark, uh, banking on a little bit of COVID. I still think uh, the Western Bulldogs, <laughs> the D's and Brisbane are the, are the three sides to beat. And I think they're just panels ahead despite uh, a little bit of a whoopsie from the D's on the weekend. 
Let's talk about the Brownlow. We uh, we obviously missed the buy, hold, sell last week. Let's have a look at the Brownlow market, courtesy of topspot.com.au. Bontempelli, 380. Clayton Oliver, I thought he was pretty good on the weekend without getting a lot of the ball. 450. Petrarca, 625. Dustin Martin, wheels have fallen off him. Could have won the game last week, but uh, couldn't lower the eyes. 850. My man, Darcy Parrish, $9. Jackson <laughs> McRae, 950. Ollie Wines, $12. Hugh McCluggage, 14 Walsh. Seems bulk under still at $14. Guthrie, 16 Boak, 16 And Maxi Gorn, $21. Marcos, where are we betting if we haven't had a bet yet? I can't believe he's your man, Parrish. You didn't know his number four weeks ago. He was in my All-Australian team oh, starting. Australian. You, oh, he was starting. Is Goodwin Parrish. still the coach if you're All-Australian team? Uh, or has he got the chop he, after he last week? He assistant coach. He should have a long, hard think about it over the boy as well. That was a poor coaching performance by Goodwin. Um, <laughs> Got a lot of work to do to make the All Australian coach for mine now. Um, yeah, listen, the Brownlow was pretty quiet week actually. With um, you know the week just gone, um, there wasn't uh, you know a top of the, a few of the leaders other than obviously Melbourne playing. They got beat, um, so I don't think a lot's changed actually. So um, you know from a couple of weeks ago, we're still happy with the with the top three in the market. Um, if you're betting, and you know the ones we're laying are still the same. I think Martin Walsh. Uh, Fife at 21. I'm not sure the bookies just forgot that he's actually injured and actually can't physically win the Brownlow. Um, Another player, I think, on the short end who's a great piler uh, in a good side is Boak. I just think he's the way he's piling at the moment. I think Wines is dominating dominating Boak in the port area. So they're, they're the ones I'd be laying in the moment in the Brownlow. And stick fat if you've got uh, if you traded well in the top three. Mm, so not much change there. Uh, there's not much change. Oh, there's a little bit of uh, pack forming behind Harry McKay, Mackay. He uh, he tops the Coleman medal betting at $2.20. Jack Rewalt, $6. Tex Walker, out the gate, $6. We've been laying him. We love Tex, but we love to lay him also. Jack Darling. Uh, a bit of Tarzan Jane there, $9. Aaron Norton, my man. Mark can't find a spot for him despite clunking <laughs> nearly every mark inside 4-50. He'll probably kick too many points, though, to win this medal, $12. Jeremy Cameron looks dangerous at $12. Tomahawk, 13 And Josh J. Kennedy, $15. Especially after his little sealer after the siren. The Any play here? I just think it's, it's... Just lay the favourite? Yeah, I think it's going to plan. I don't think too much has changed. Uh, the big boys are starting to starting to find a gear. Um, and, uh, you know, I, th- I just think Harry McCoy's had his ups and downs. He's got a shoulder injury. He's, he's been mm. off once or twice. He still holds a slender lead, but 220 is a ridiculous price still for me. Um, it's, it's, a, it's a free lay. Someone will get him. Could, uh, could not agree more. $2.20 and to tie your money up like that, yucky. Be a tough watch. Going oh, in, an, big in an ordinary side, who his guy's got. Uh, <laughs> I know he's just signed his new contract. Um, yeah, so he seems to just get hurt every week. So. Not sure if it's a incentive base, yeah, but um, oh, two twenty is ridiculous. There's, there's so much uh, better prices around in a lot of better markets than investing your money in the uh, two twenty guy for the Coleman. All right, that's uh, that's a wrap from us in uh, AFL chat, and uh, we're just going to take a quick break. But make sure you support one of our uh, sponsors, punningform.com.au. They've enhanced their new database. They've got barriers and lane data now, and jockey and trainer stats. So make sure you check out the pro form subscriptions on punningform.com.au. And Sugar Shane Baker will take you through a private tutorial if it all looks too tricky for you. So make sure you contact punningform.com.au today. We're going to take a little bit of a break, and it's time. Time to talk a rugby league and Hall of Fame with our favourite top rope Tedeschi, who's been uh, playing in the snow up at Orange. 
Welcome back to Little Birdie Podcast. I'm your host, Scoot. I've got MG here. We've just done the AFL segment, and now it's time to talk rugby league and Hall of Fame with our favourite top rope, Tadeshi. How are you, big fella? I am good. I am up and about. I am. It was a disastrous start for last weekend. We fought our way out of trouble, so up and about. Mate, uh, it's good to see you finally remove the I Love PVL shirt from the back of your door. And it looks like he's lost the fight there. The Kevin Proctor hit, it was the turning point. No sin bin. The crackdown, you called it. It'll only last a couple of weeks, and you're absolutely right. Uh, <laughs> yeah, it's uh, classic, NRL, classic NRL leadership, that one. Uh, been very disappointing, actually. So, look, PVL's not out. But we're just going to just 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 cool things off a little bit. Hopefully, we'll we'll see the, the crackdown kind of come back this weekend because Proctor had to had to be sibbed in at the very least. That was disgraceful. And followed up with a the the pretty unjustified send off of Kobe Adrington. It was it was another bad weekend for the referee. And what about NRL one eighty? Now they're up in arms about <laughs> staging. So what is it that they want? They want rugby league to be rugby league, Scooty. That's all they want. They want hard men playing and hard men playing fair. That's what rugby league was built on. We need to stick with that. So, uh, yeah, there's, there's, there's way too much carry on. In, in, you know, we don't want our game to become something like soccer or AFL. We, there's a lot of carry on. And, you know, these are tough, tough men. They need to be, need to be behaving like that. So I, I, I hope PBL puts another rule in to overlay this other set of rules. Well, then you would be creeping into AFL territory. And uh, what was a clown show was the origin. New South Wales, the new rules. It looks like a clean sweep or a whitewash upcoming. They uh, The game's past Queensland. They're just not suited to these new rules, are they? Uh, definitely not suited as New South Wales. But I, I will say this. Uh, I wouldn't. I wouldn't rule out a Queensland bounce back in game two. They had a lot go against them there. You know, they were missing Josh Papalii, Christian Welsh went off early in the game. Uh, they made some pretty poor selection decisions. Brims off the bench was an epic fail. Not sure that Holmes at fullback was the right call either. I think there'll be a bit of fresh blood in this side. I, I wouldn't rule them out completely for game two. I'm not, I would. I wouldn't be having my last on the sweep. That's for sure. Four and a half to seven and a half. The market, exactly Mark. Was there anything that you saw about Queensland no. that you liked? No, I'm, I'm saying it's a whitewash. No, I'm 13 not. plus jobby jobbies again. Yeah, but I'm not. I'm not going to overrule top rope there and say <laughs> I'm jumping in the seven and a half. Uh, but what do you think of the total early top rope? Forty four and a half. Is that uh, too low? Um, or I know you're. I think you were keen on the under first up, were you? Do you think it'll change yeah, now? Because I would probably lean towards the under again. Yeah. I kind of yeah. felt like even though I got to fifty six in the end. They got there pretty easily. It did feel a bit. The game kind of had a bit of an underish feel about it, didn't it? I thought for the first half anyway, and then it kind of got out of hand. And well, that's how a lot of these overs have been saluting this yeah. year, right? Like they have been kind of getting away late from things. But if if you like Queensland this game, I reckon you definitely want to be in the under. Yeah, I don't think they're going to be. They're not going to win a shootout. So uh, I, I'd lean towards the under, but it's very hard to unpack this you know, lifelong under's obsession with Origin. To start betting overs in an Origin game at forty-four and a half. Yep, fair enough. Hmm. I'll be. Uh, I might just start taking multis into New South Wales. There's absolutely no way <laughs> off what I saw that Queensland can turn the tables. They need to bring back Slater. Back. They need Slater and uh, Cam Smith back to get anywhere near them. It's just, and it still probably wouldn't happen. You got Turbo and they got too much, too much power. Yeah. Do you know what Queensland's best hope is? 
for us to declare it our raise, declare New South Wales our raise best of the week. That is one hundred. <laughs> 100% the way we'll get Queensland yeah, on. The only way Queensland would win is if they got COVID, which we've identified as one of the biggest performance enhancers after John Rahm uh, set record pace. And then there was the other marathon runner that uh, yeah. did a sub-28 10K. So COVID's definitely performance enhancing and no doubt horse racing trainers that are on the cusp are trying to figure out how to get it into their horses. Now, that's a good segue into the Hall of Fame. Mark, you haven't had much luck in the Hall of Fame. You got any nominations this week? I'll, I'll put forward Fletch in these Asia sets again. Yeah, he went two from two at Singapore yeah. on Saturday. Absolute sweet watch. And then he's uh, he's gone one out of, I think, three tips at Hong Kong in the last race. The lucky last to dig us out of the mire again on a Sunday. He is incinerating form, the uh, Fletcherfires AJ. If you want it, bet and forget Fletch. I think Fletch has been in there once or twice, so he can't, he can't bet, go in again. I, not bet and forget. Bet and cheer. If you're going to have a bet, you gotta you got to be in the cheer, not this bet and forget. But, uh, no, nah, yeah, get around the Fletch uh, files. The Asian set's been unbelievable. And uh, if you're a keen, keen better on a Wednesday night or even a Sunday fill-up after your weekend's work done, uh, there's, there's no better cheers to go. But, um Listen, on the sport this week, it was a bit quiet for me, Top Rope. I'm, I'm a bit flat. You, you let me have one in for the uh, for the year, and I, I think that's all you said I'll get in. So I hard to get motivated for uh, this segment of yours when I keep running third. Uh, the only one I could come up with is Djokovic uh, in the French Open. Um, I, you know, um, to knock off Nadal, um, he had concrete boots on because Scooty declared him, uh, said, how can I stop a bloke who's 104-2 and two or something? Um, to knock him off 3-1 in the semi-final and then come back from two sets to love down in the final to win in five was uh, a fair effort. Now he moves to within one slam of Federer and Nadal. So he would be my only one that I've found in the last week. Question for Top Rope. Do you reckon he bit little knows about him play, our man? Who? Top Rope or Djokovic? The Joker. Uh, the Joker. Oh, he knows all about him play. Yeah, he oh, comes from, every he, tennis player knows every rule, yeah, ever, ever stage. Uh, Would the Russian the, mafia have a hold of him or what? <laughs> what don't, worry about the, big, don't worry about the Russian mafia. He comes from the country that Nikolai. sets him up himself. Nikolai. Jeez. You're thinking Who about the, Nik- uh, Davidenko. Davidenko. Davidenko, that's exactly what you, you know me well, Scooby. You know me well. I didn't even get that sentence out. Yeah. <laughs> there's, been, there's been a few. The, the Argentinians weren't bad in the 90s uh, to, through the 2000s as well with Courier and Nelbani. You would have and, seen it all at Pinnacle. Yeah, I could write a book. <laughs> Wouldn't live to tell the story, though, unfortunately, for those countries. But uh, no, that was superb. Anyway, so I know it won't get in, but there's my two cents worth. I'm going to tip in Djokovic. Who you got? It won't, it, it, it won't get in, but geez, all of a sudden I want to put Nikolai Davidenko in. All of a sudden, <laughs> <laughs> Retrospective edition. <laughs> uh, no, I'm, I'm, I'm going to go with uh, the new superstar of world golf, Gary Higo. Uh, he, this bloke is, so he won three European, he won his first three European tour tournaments, his first 27 starts, pretty remarkable. Makes his regular PGA Tour debut on the weekend, the Palmetto, wins. Absolutely unbelievable. I've been on three of those four at decent prices. Very, very happy about it a lot. Uh, I'm pretty happy to name my next four child Garrett, just because <laughs> of this bloke. He is, I, that's it, I could back him for the next 10 years, every start, and I'll still be out on the bloke. So absolute grade one Hall of Famer, and it will be worth a little dibble in the uh, – uh, U.S. Open at big H odds, I reckon, this week, which uh, I think there's going to be a special U.S. Open show, isn't there, Scooty? Absolutely. And uh, Gary, he goes $81 with Top Sport at the moment. He's on the same line of betting as uh, Lefty 
Fabulous Phil, another two-time Hall of Famer. The Hall of Fame one. <laughs> it's, uh, it's, it's amazing. It's a big price there. But South African golfer Garrick Higo is a, uh, a great entry into the Hall of Fame. We're going to take a little bit of a break. Make sure you check out Top Sport. They're betting uh, the biggest limits on the US Open golf. So if you want to get set for a big amount, make sure you check them out. We'll take a break and we'll come back with uh, all the Round 15 action from the NRL this week. Welcome back to the Little Birdie Podcast. I'm your host, Scoot, with MG in studio, and we've got top rope Tadeshi to talk rugby league, and it's round 15, and we're going to go to the Thursday night fixture. It's uh, the Broncos hosting my side, the Rabbitohs, $1.14, the Bunnies, $5.75, and the line's already been on the move. They're 16.5 to 17.5, the Bunnies, and the total's 50.5. Top rope, take us away. Yeah, good bets on the minus and the over here. Uh, Broncos are horrendous. They are... This is typically not a bad spot where they can kind of bounce back. They kind of 8 to 12 of a double-digit loss, but they're pretty bad as a bad underdog. Happy to stick with their top six, be bottom six from last year, 2011 against the spread. Uh, South ran away early in the year, 35-6. Yeah, cooked back, their attack should click a bit more than when Benji was playing hooker. Uh, Broncos also playing Carmichael Hunt in the house. That is an absolute disgrace. That is maybe the biggest indictment as to where this club is at right now. So... Uh, got to be on the bunnies minus there and some good over angles here, particularly south. They tend to bounce back off being held to 24 if you're 31 19 over. Broncos can't tackle, so uh, on the over and the minus. Mm. Oh, yeah, I really like Damien Cook's game in origin and yeah, big, uh, big, uh, big player there. And Carmichael Hunt, what the? F- yeah, it's it's astonishing. I, I'd, honestly, he hasn't played a contact sport in 10 years and all of a sudden he's coming back and playing in the. Playing in the uh, the NRL, he got found out last week. He's going to get absolutely exposed by a, a, a South team that is significantly better than the Raiders. Mm, seven and a half might be too cheap there. The other Friday night game is up at Townsville, the new home of Origin at six o'clock. Beware these ones. I keep missing the six o'clock games. Uh, it's too early for me. North Queensland Cowboys dollar seventy two Cronulla. 210, the line two and a half. A little bit of a nibble for the shark. He's the fin at the plus there, and the total is 51 and a half. But the total's on the move over points into 180. Top rep. Yeah, the over, over is the best total of the week in this one. Uh, the uh, sharks have hit, have gone over in 10 straight interstate games, they've gone over in 66% of games when they've conceded that in a few, 60% of games when they're off a win. The Cowboys. They have gone over in 12 of 17 at Queensland Country Bank. Five straight of a double-digit loss. Uh, 13 of 16 when they've conceded at least 18 points. So a uh, huge overplay here. Also leaning towards the Cowboys. Teams who conceded 50 cover at 62%. So don't mind the Cowboys this one, but absolutely love the other. Sounds like you've already backed them or you're nodding a lot, so you've already taken this total over. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, top top rope gave me top rope gave me a heads up. You know, we got a couple of results in the basketball early in the week, and uh, top rope just uh, he said we well, may as well reinvest. So, little little bit of grubbery. Yeah, that's okay. To be fair, I've been saying may as well reinvest since about two thousand and one. It's all right. Bank majors happy. 
Another uh, Friday night game is Penrith versus the Roosters. A little bit wobbly for the last couple of weeks, the Penrith Panthers, but uh, I think they'll get a big uh, host of stars back in for this one at Penrith Stadium, back to their home deck as well. $1.27, the Panthers, three seventy. the Roosters, 11.5 the line, one eighty five the minus there, and a flat 46 the total here. Top rope, Penrith will bounce back after two losses. Should do. They got their they got all their stars back, so that's a pretty big pretty big uh, uh in for them there. They're so good at home. They've covered twenty three of thirty five at home. They've covered seventeen of twenty five when favoured by six and a half or more in Sydney. Roosters they cover sixty one percent of night matches and have a pretty good record as an underdog covering eight of eleven. So uh the line's about right here. I couldn't have a bet that side, but oh we're having a small play on the under forty six. Uh Big underscore for the Panthers here, 15 or 4 under when they're favoured by double digits. So how these games tend to play out, they tend not to really steam in and pile on a lot of points. They just keep they should keep the Roosters to a pretty low score. The Roosters have played top four teams three times this year. They've lost all by double digits. So I can kind of see this being a kind of 26-4, 30-10 game. Uh, they're under sitting 8 of 11 Panthers-Roosters games as well. So I will be backing a low scoring affair in this one. Mm. And, uh, the next game that we're going to talk about is probably going to be uh, an absolute tri-fest, and this is the get-out stakes on Sunday afternoon. This is a fixture I like. Four o'clock at Seabus Super Stadium. We've got the Titans. Uh, they're not fancied here at home. Manly Seagulls, $1.38, three-ten. the Titans, and the line is a flat eight with a total 51.5. Marcos, your team, Manly, should be too good. My team's a storm. Oh, sorry. Stop. No, sorry. Second. No, no, no. I love Tommy Turbo. He's great to watch. Uh, he went okay in Origin game one, didn't he, uh, Top Rope? Oh, he wasn't bad. <laughs> wasn't bad. It was a, uh, one of the great Origin performances. It was actually used really well. He was used as a kind of secondary fullback who's bobbing up all over the shop. So uh, he was everywhere. So well, well played Tommy Turbo. Had a rest last week because we expected and the Eagles still come out and put 50 on the Cowboys. So uh, I think that's... Uh, they are going to do an absolute number on the Titans this week. Titans cannot defend. They've conceded 28 or more in six of their last eight. Manly have scored. Manly are great off a big score. They've covered 13 of 18 off scoring 30-plus. I think the Titans are absolute frauds. Uh, I will be on the minus seven and a half. I'm, I'm, I would be surprised if this didn't get out to kind of close to double digits. Wow. Mm. Yeah, I wouldn't be surprised either. I'll be, uh, I'll be steaming into Manly. Looks like your anchor for the week. Seven and a half. It's all, gone all, to eight and a half. Eight already. All bets prob- into all bets into Manly Sunday afternoon. Just keep smashing like. it to ten. <laughs> Good Sunday afternoon session. I love that. COVID will be lifted. Away we go. As if. <laughs> As if. Something uh that something we're not doing too well in is lock of the week. We're all absolutely skittled last week. I had the Swans and Rafa, two absolute locks in my lock of the week. And I'm going awful. We're trying to uh, hit the magic 5K mark for raise.org.au. They provide mentors for young kids in their youth. We've already got 10.5K, luckily, from the bulldozer stream, thanks to a couple of uh, smart plays, namely one at Pinjara. We're, we're struggling to hit the scoreboard here. It's uh, Everyone needs to pull their socks up. I want to sack this segment. I want to sack myself. Uh, I'll stay in the competition because I still fancy myself as the only one that can get to the magical 5K mark with my Ric Flair lair, as Top Rope Tedeschi calls it. But Top Rope, maybe if you lead us off for a change, it'll change our fortune. I'm starting to get superstitious here. Uh, I am on 
I'm going a little bit a little bit of rich flair myself here. <laughs> I'm going an alternate line in the uh, Sharks Cowboys. I am going to go with over sixty points at three dollars thirty. <laughs> Cowboys Sharks. Like Two hundred at three thirty. That's good. I like it. Marcos, a couple of shorties in the, the AFL to try and double your money, or what are you going to do here? Yeah, I've got a small window to work with with five games here, um, so I'm going to have a little treble. Uh, Two seventy one's the price. Uh, Port, uh, Brisbane, and GWS. Your side, security, the old Giants. Mm-hmm. It comes out to about two seventy okay. by two hundred. So just trying to straight straight bat and get on the board, get rolling. All right, I'm uh, I'm going to play to my strength and uh, go away from AFL and NRL. Oh, hang on, a little bit, of, but it's still going to be sport because it's a sport show. Oh no, I'm going to take perennial bridesmaid Xander Shoffley to run top five at the U.S. Open on one of his home decks at Torrey Pines. Like it, two hundred at four fifty Xander to go top five at the U.S. Open at Torrey Pines. That is. That's a gift. Yeah, we were That's looking at his record, weren't we? Was, he goes uh, enormous. Enormous US Open. I like it, Scooty. The top rope's going to be angry because he, he's a big anti-Xander man. Oh, no, man. I mean, I, I don't mind. Now, you're not giving him to win. He's a good chance to top five. He, he comes up very well on the models, but, uh, ooh, gee, to win. You can leave me out of that. But top five, fair, fair play. Well played. I've oh. never backed him before. And this is Everyone back, oh, yeah, Xander, 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 Xander. The Jew factor. No, I just, if everyone's off, now I'm on. Okay. Like and this, that's his home deck. It's him and Phil's backyard. I'd love Phil to win. They're San Diego lads. And it'd be great to see did, Mickelson, did, at, Mickelson at 81. Yeah. Do room? you know why I can tell you you've never backed Xander before, Scooty? Because your enthusiasm in backing Xander this time. <laughs> if you've ever backed Xander before and seen him in the death, <laughs> you, you, you come out a different human. <laughs> you're jaded. You're cynical. So <laughs> we'll, we'll, we'll see you next week and see, how, see, see what the Xander love's like. Yeah. I could be absolutely fetal by that stage, but now twenty one dollars for the tournament and four fifty to run oh, top okay. five. I'll be uh, investing for sure. Let's have a uh, a quick look at the Paul Gallon and Justice Honey fight. Interesting market move here. I had a look at the prices Ooh. last night six fifty into four dollars thirty. Big gal and Justice Honey has been a dollar what twelve out to one twenty two overnight. He might have colic or big gal. He could have COVID. Top rope. Any uh, any lean here? You're a punter. I know you're not a boxing man. Uh, there's been some good judges talking up Gal's chances in this one, to be honest. He's, he's talking a pretty big game himself, so I'd rather be on the 4.30 there than the $1.22, that's for sure. It's one of these real weird populist type of markets. Mark and I were speaking about it last last week when McGregor fought fought Mayweather. Yep. The Vegas guys couldn't pay, and he was like, you know, six fifty into about five dollars or four fifty for memory. Yeah. And then Logan Paul was awfully short against Mayweather mm-hmm. as well. But the popular punters want to take the outsider, and the bookies just can't afford to stand them for that amount of money. Yeah. Yeah, if you like, if you like, honey, he's um he's a big price, big price. Yeah, I mean, we don't know much about it, but this guy's going to the Olympics. He's a proper boxer. He's got a big jaw, um, and yeah, I mean, Gallon's fought well, but you know, he's coming from NRL across to boxing. This guy is a pure boxer. He's a big man, um, and yeah, I, I, I'm not a better in the boxing. Uh, it's a bit of theatre for me, but um, yeah, he, he might get out to a bit bit bigger, as you said, you know, because I think they'll get around Gallon. I think Gallon might get into more four dollars, and it might be one twenty-five plus on the other guy. Mm. Uh, the top sport have laid a couple of big bets on uh, on Honey at the moment: fifteen k at a dollar fifteen, and then twenty thousand at a dollar nineteen. So, tipping those punters if they're that confident, they may reload at the one twenty-two, and as you say, could jump dollar uh, twenty-five, which could be 
exceptional value. You mm-hmm. don't uh, get these opportunities often, but uh, fascinating to see. I've got no idea, but uh, we thought we'd cover the fight anyway. That's uh, that's a wrap from us. Make sure you check out our standalone US Open golf show. Last uh, major, Big Daddy Fraser, 50 to 1, he uh, tipped Brooks Kepka up at, so he knows what he's doing. You can also get his sets. Nick Tedeschi uh, is an absolute golf tragic. You've just heard uh, Garrick Higo. He bets so much women's golf, it, it absolutely <laughs> makes me sick. He's just got action everywhere, our man top rope Tedeschi. It's why he's part of the Little Birdie team. He's an absolute sicko. And Mike Dogger-Karidi, he, uh, the way he speaks about courses, the wind, he knows uh, the PGA Championship inside out. So it's going to be a great show there. Make sure you're betting with Top Sport this weekend and support puntingforhome.com.au, our sponsors. And uh, that's a bit of a wrap from us. But uh, thanks for joining us. Thanks, thanks Top Rope. Pleasure. Good luck, punters. See you, Marcos.